Hello, and welcome to Castle Fun, the official podcast of the Star Wars Speculation subreddit. I'm your host, Sam, and today I'm joined by three of my fellow co-hosts. Hi, I'm Joanna. Hi, I'm Todd. Hi, I'm Liz. And we're going to kick things off today by talking about some of the latest news that's happened in Star Wars this week. We're going to start with the Han Solo trailer that dropped earlier this week. We're just going to discuss it and our quick thoughts on it. Uh, I thought the trailer was pretty good. Personally, like the first couple more, I think. But we get some more scenes in this one with uh, Lando and Han and more Chewie. Still not as excited uh, for Solo as I was for... Uh, the saga films but still looks pretty good yeah i mean the anthology films haven't ever really captured my interest i mean i enjoyed rogue one but it didn't really like even with the trailers i was never really that pumped and it's been the same for solo with me but i think this trailer has definitely got me more more pumped than i was from any of the others before i'm hoping that uh it only continues to grow from there um i really like the trailer uh i kind of piqued my interest just a little bit more uh, than from the other shorter ones. Uh, mainly, I'm excited about Lando. I wish this was a Lando movie. And I, I thought it was good. Uh, I was excited excited to see more Akira and, and Han and Chewie and everyone. Um, I thought it was a little bit funny that they had like a little psych-out moment with Chewie at the end. He's like, oh yeah, will he, will he survive? I don't know. <laughs> and also getting like a little confirmation on his age. That was pretty nice too. Yeah, because because now we kind of know where the movie will will actually take place. Um, I believe it's ten years before A New Hope. I didn't know Chewie was one hundred and ninety years old. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think that would make him like was... two hundred and thirty. That was news to me. Anyway, y'all are bumming me out. I love the trailer. <laughs> I thought it was so cool, and yes, Lando. I mean, I don't know. I think he stole the show. Like, I'm just super excited. Everything, the Falcon, the trains, you know. No. <laughs> well, the one thing I, I did actually like, I mean, I've noticed it with the last trailer as well, is how actually, like, visually different Han Solo looks compared to any other Star Wars movie, I feel like. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's the color palette mm. or it just feels different. I, I can't really explain it. But I really like the, the aesthetic of it. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm actually, you know, very excited to see the film purely on just a visual basis artistically right exactly yeah it, it looks mm-hmm. nice and yeah um while i'm not particularly super excited for the story um i don't know I'm, i wouldn't say i'm <laughs> not excited i just wouldn't say i'm particularly excited either i don't know i just han solo i've always liked him don't get me wrong but he's never been like you know a personal hero of mine or anything like that oh, so man. yeah i know right so <sighs> um, <laughs> okay. i don't know um, but it's just, I am looking forward to the movie. I'm just not that excited for it. Well, I guess, what was your favorite moment from the trailer overall? Um, I just, I, well, I love Lando's line where he's like, you know, everything you've ever heard about me, it's all true. <laughs> I think anytime Lando is on screen, I got pretty excited. <laughs> I, I love it. It's, she's going to be amazing. <laughs> I think uh, Lando seems to have stolen the show here. I like the look of Corelia. Cor- Looks great. The shipyards, everything. And the train sequence uh, looks fun. Yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, but I think for me, I don't know why, it just, I got a real sense of, even though it was just a trailer, I got a really a real sense of the uh, bond between Han and Chewie in the trailer. Even though it seems like they've only just met because, you know, Han doesn't seem to know his age. So so I don't know, like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that dynamic in the movie um, because I feel like we're going to get a lot of it, obviously, you know, is the, the Han Solo movie. But um, yeah, so I think that was mine overall. So... Also, while we're on Solo, it got its official runtime, 
which is two hours and 15 minutes, which is, I think, more or less the same as The Force Awakens. So it's going to be, you know, about the same runtime, which is cool. You know, it's about it's about what I expected, to be honest with you. Um, does anyone does anyone remember Rogue One's runtime? I, I can't quite remember. Because Last Jedi was um, the longest, and that was two and a half hours, and I don't think any of the others have come too close to that. So, yeah, I think it seems to be about the average. So, I don't know. It's not... Not massive news, but it's, it's cool to know. So the headline says, Star Wars Episode Nine. Mark Hamill doesn't care about reprising role after Carrie Fisher's death. What? Uh, so that's a little bit of a clickbaity title. Um, we've all seen interviews with him. Uh, it really, when you're watching an interview with him, it's about how he says certain phrases. And I think the phrases here were taken out of, context just a little bit and they they made it seem worse than it actually is like obviously he's really really still upset about losing carrie at the time he could have been like you know he could have been in a bad place like he could have like thinking about it it makes everyone sad even at the end if you read this article it even says uh he's gonna go along with whatever jj says i mean it seems like he's gonna do it in the article, at one point they said, oh, he wasn't going to do anything anymore. And it's like, no, if you read the end of the article, uh, he states he'll do whatever JJ tells him to do. If they want him, they want him. If they don't, then that's where the story's going to go. Right. It just seems like a, a, a classic case of clickbait articles, you know, drawing people in. It's like, oh, no, Mark Hamill's not going to be interested in Star Wars Episode Nine. He's not going to do it when, you know, in reality, he's, it's not that at all. So, And it, it's not like, you know, it's not like he's going to refuse to refuse to be in the movie so no. I, I you know so i wouldn't be too worried about that um but yeah you know liz do you want to go into the interview that alden Ehrenreich and donald glover did on the star wars show yes so the interview was with andy we all know andy we love her so it was just uh them talking uh it was separate interviews she was just asking them you know how like how does it feel to have gotten this role and very basic questions. They didn't go into any plot whatsoever. They both seem really excited, but Donald seemed to be fanboying a little bit more huh. than Alden. I haven't seen any of Alden's work, so I'm not sure how uh, his acting is going to be. But Donald uh, went into detail on like how uh, he was excited to get the role, and that he doesn't want to like copy Billy D. Williams. He wanted to be like you know very young. Uh, young Lando. They talked about like his style, like the, the progression of the character's style in the capes. He talked about how when he got the part, he went to watch Empire Strikes Back and a bunch of the uh, movies from that era. To, I guess to kind of like, you know, prepare himself for this, like, what, it came out in like the late 70s, early 80s Empire. Just kind of getting that feel for that era, which it does show in the trailer. Like, he has a like laid back, like, kind of like 70s 80s vibe i think that um that was something that was quite i don't know like with alden and donald glover they, they don't seem to be like doing straight up impersonations of han and land or harrison ford and, and billy d williams which you know i think that's for the best because if if we're just going to be constantly sat there comparing them to to those two actors the entire movie it's going to ruin our experience because you know we don't want to we don't want to just see or at least me personally i don't want to see just just straight up impressions because it's it's never going to be exact and i'd rather the actor just try and do their own you know stay faithful to the character but you know we as people we change over a lot over like you know time periods you know let alone sort of like 10 15 years so 
I don't think a straight-up impersonation is needed. I like the fact that they're kind of trying to do their own thing. Moving on to the next segment, the speculation segment. We're going to be doing a bit of bit of theft today because we're we're stealing <laughs> uh, finding Camino's topic of the week, and that is how will Solo, a Star Wars story, tie into the sequel trilogy? Um, and we're going to be talking maybe a little bit about Emphis Nest and the Cloud Riders and how do they tie in, if if at all, to the sequel trilogy. We've seen in the first trailer the dice that was were in episode 8 uh, on the Falcon that Ben used to play with as a child. I think we might get some more things that from uh, his father that are reminiscent of Ben himself, maybe. Mm. Just things small things maybe and uh just a thing i thought of was we could maybe have like a harrison ford cameo at the end like a flash forward like 40 years to maybe baby ben or something like that i'm not gonna bet on it but it would be something nice to see i definitely think that we're gonna see if 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 anything's gonna be carried over from solo to the sequel trilogy i think it will be the the themes that, that han went through at a young age ben would be a little bit older at this point in the story but i feel like you know the last jedi made a really big point about how much ben was like his father and you know although he although he killed him in the force awakens he's still not able to to shift that you know as, as snoke says too much of your father's heart in you um and i feel yeah. like that's that's definitely going to be a theme that they go into in solo or at least i'm very much hoping so because i think that'd be a, a perfect way to tie them together I'm hoping we see more of the the dice. Uh, I thought it was a really cute touch to add that to um, The Last Jedi and then to see it again in this movie. And I'm also kind of curious as to why we see Kira holding them on... We see, we see her holding it on a art, piece of art uh, on a toy box. Oh. So I'm kind of wondering why she's holding them. Does she, you know, own them first and then gives them to Han? Hmm. Or are they just a part of the Millennium Falcon and that's kind of like her accessory or something like that? Would be kind of interesting uh, because the the Falcon is Lando's right and, yeah. you know, he started off as him. So did they just come with the Falcon or, yeah. you know, so... Han had them on his speeder in the first trailer, right? Like they, they're hanging on like the dashboard or whatever of it. So I think he or Kira had them like before the film, maybe. Those are the dice he used to win the falcon from lando right i think that was in the novelization so we know we're seeing that in the film so they're definitely going to be a not really a prominent part but definitely play a role in solo like a nice easter egg yeah oh wait so he used the the die to um to win the falcon is that is that what was revealed yeah yeah that was in the novelization so we'll we'll definitely well we we know for a fact that we're going to see them in solo but That'd be really cool to um to see how that that actually plays out. But I feel like a really uh, a thing that's kind of impossible to ignore, and whether it will actually mean anything. Um, Enfys Nest shares a striking resemblance to Kylo Ren. I feel yes. uh, in terms of her design. So um, I don't think it's just going to be a villain. I don't think it's going to tie into anything really. Um, hmm. I actually don't know anything about this character. I barely found out it was a girl, or that at least the actress was a girl. Um, I'm not too sure. Uh, 
the whole movie is kind of like shot in unknown areas like we don't really know what the movie is going to be about exactly so I, i'm not too sure where, where that villain plays a role i mean it's it's weird that they see um, at least as to my understanding that they're keeping her the actress's identity a secret which is kind of interesting because you know it it, it it's not just like they're refusing to show a face, you know, because Captain Phasma, you know, they revealed the actress for that. It wasn't like, uh, you know, she never shows her face in the films, at least not yet. So it's weird that they haven't revealed the ac- the actress um, so far, at least to my to my knowledge. So I don't know, maybe it's actually going to be someone who's already been cast for the film and that's going to be some sort of like plot twist or thing that gets revealed. Like maybe it's... Amelia Clark, or I don't know, but I mean, I think that'd be really cool if 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 they did go into something like that. I don't know how it would play out. Don't they say in the trailer it's like don't trust anyone? So maybe Han gets betrayed yeah. by yeah. Kira. Don't say that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think that maybe many people have theorized that uh, Ed Fee's nest would be Kira after the leak. She could be because I know they didn't intend to reveal that she was a uh, female did they it was came from a leak from a card right so if they didn't i could see kira doing that but since so many people have theorized about it if they figured it out before the film release it would feel like a weak twist to me i think i personally yeah, would see true. maybe they would allude to like kira possibly being it before revealing she wasn't and it was somebody else like a double twist or something like that right so like han assuming that everyone will betray him he actually drives people away from him and then, you know, it turns yeah, out yeah. to be like, you know, the opposite of that. Well, I just, I think that Kira as a, you know, her character, not necessarily Enthus Nest, but I I think that Kira is going to, you know, sacrifice her life for Han's life, you know, or something. Um, so for me, it would make sense, you know, for Enthus Nest to be Kira. Um, also, in The Last Jedi, when Luke asks Chewie as they break down the door of his hut, he asks him, where's Han, remember? And it shoots straight to the to the mask right. of Kylo Ren in the elevator. And so I just think that something about Emphis Nest directly ties Kylo to his father, Han Solo. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, it's, it almost seemed like the... the I mean, unless it, it really is just a coincidence that... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a stretch, but... <laughs> I don't know, like, why... If you can design a completely new set of armor, why make it look so similar to Kylo Ren's? Like, I know, and they do. They look really similar, and it's. Uh, for the similarities, we were told that um, or that Kylo takes like his lightsaber design from an older ancient design. Mm. I I don't know if Pablo said anything about like his helmet design, oh. because um, it could be that they're both and both Enfy's Nest and. The Cloud Riders and Kylo and the Knights of Ren mm-hmm. could be based off of a more ancient, like, dark side cult or something. Possibly, yeah. I mean... Yeah, because his lightsaber is shaped that way. Right, too, exactly. Yeah. Like but a... I kind of got mm-hmm. the impression that Kylo Ren's helmet was actually, like, the real deal. Like, it was, like, actually from that time era where every... I think it is meant to be, you know, from a, from a long time ago, but I... I... Yeah. Oh, man, I love that idea. I love it. Love it. Because, you know, his... His black outfit when we first see him, you know, in The Force Awakens was so monk, you know, Jedi, I don't know. Well, Ancient I might monk. be um, mistaken here, but, you know, Emphis Nest, she wears like a, like white, doesn't, well, not white, but like cream or like tan. So that's almost like the, the inverse of, of, of Kylo Ren's 
costume, right? So I don't know if there's anything to that. Maybe that's yeah. just baseless, baseless comparisons and speculation. And um, probably is, but it's just fun. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe there is something to that, you know? Uh, something that maybe not relate to the sequel trilogy, but relate to Ryan's or another film series or show mm-hmm. would be that if they follow the thread of the Enfys Nest or whatever, and the Knights of Ren being some something ancient or inspired by something ancient. There's been lots of things like that, like his lightsaber, mm. that seem to be hinting at an older time period before the Re- Republic. Uh, things like that, as well as uh, it's like there's been seeds in like expanded universe material about like both the old Republic, if that's what they're gonna go through, and the unknown regions. And I feel like those are gonna be the focus of a show or movie series. Who was it that said it was someone official, and I can't remember their name now, but they they basically stated that stuff. Um... You know, things being planted in, like, comics and um, books and everything and all that, and TV shows, are going to be, like, crucial to the story years years time. And I really do feel like they are hinting loads about this this old time period and, like, the events that went down on that. And, and like you said, Todd, the, the Unknown Regions. Well, we actually talked about the Unknown Regions being talked about a lot last in last week's episode. And, yeah, I think you're right. I think the older period where, you know, they used more... I guess, like, traditional-styled swords, like, medieval kind of weapons um, in, like, lightsaber form, um, and, like, you know, more knight-styled armor, like the Knights of Rendu, uh, I think that might be kind of, like, teasing the aesthetic that's actually... that they're actually going to be going for in the movies or TV shows or whatever it is they choose to delve into the Old Republic era with. I wanted to talk a little bit about the roles in leadership and military for episode 9 that Ben, Poe, Finn, Hux and Ray will all be taking. I think it's uh, an interesting thing to talk about because what will their role be in the movie? Yeah, Ray Ray is is unique in that, you know, she's well to me she's the feminine matriarchal figure for this whole, you know, resistance force probably like going to bring a lot of uh, healing in this in the form of direction and I don't know some uh, sort of like a like an innocence about her uh, because people have been so you know jaded with their experiences of war and everything and she's kind of coming in like this uh, innocent person yeah so you think maybe she's not she's not going to be one of these sort of like battle-hardened v- veterans she's going to be kind no. of like maybe like fresh eyes on the war yeah. and, and where it needs to go and maybe a more optimistic uh, approach especially with a relationship to kylo ren you know um, exactly it's just like a it's a whole new way to look at things definitely you know? and i feel like that's that what, people you know yeah people have forgotten about basically mm. so don't think she'll be like leading the resistance or anything if they do right layout that should go to Poe since that was kind of his arc i think right in eight is becoming a good leader uh psh- not sure if they're gonna go away from because like the Jedi being generals in wars and stuff, that was kind of a thing that the prequel trilogy showed us was a bad. Well, Yoda's arc at the end there, showing that that was not the way the Jedi and that led to their downfall. And seeing Eight talk about the mistakes of the Jedi Order, I don't think they're gonna go down that path again. She might have a different role in IX or Nine than we've seen before for Jedi. Yeah, maybe more of like a, a spiritual kind of role I, I i like to i like the idea that she will actually kind of butt heads with poe um, 
over Maybe. certain tactics. Yeah. Uh, I'd imagine Poe is going to be very uh, militaristic. And I think Ray is going to kind of maybe want to solve the conflict in, in a way that, you know, has the least casualties as possible. Yeah. So I think she's uh, going to uh, kind of go into a, a small leader role, not really anything big. I think they're going to leave that to Poe. But in terms of Ray, I know she's going to want to save as many people as she can and then she's gonna realize that she can't and she's gonna kind of fall into like a like oh this is my fault i I could do more i should Mm. you know kind of like anakin kind of like anakin with uh with his mom you know like he Mm. he, Mm. i want to save her but you know like she and then that's just gonna push her more into her character development kind of because we know she does have dark side tendencies she does get angry and she shows it definitely. So I think her as a leader, she'll be good. She's just gonna be too invested, and it's gonna hurt her. Uh, like, uh, like emotionally, it's gonna hurt her. So you think her struggle with the dark side might not be, might not have finished in episode eight. You think it might carry yeah. over to nine? Oh yeah, definitely. Like she. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Like her like her maturity level is is just not there yet, maybe. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. No. She hmm. she has so much to learn about like, you know, war and like, really she's been point. isolated yeah. so much and she needs to realize that it's like she's very trusting. Mm. And that's something that is kind of a flaw in her. Not not really, but kind of. I mean, of. It definitely can be. She's gonna. She's end got up... the potential to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh-huh. Kylo says it's her weakness. Remember? Yeah. Like, he does. Oh. Yeah. I mean, well, he said that even though your parents, you know, threw you away like garbage, you still need. Uh, you still need them. So yeah. She she needs. She people. needs people. Yeah. She needs that connection. Yeah. Which uh, isn't maybe. Which isn't an, an inherent flaw, but it can lead to. It leaves you vulnerable. Yeah, I think I think um, she needs to be kind of like careful. Um, but I think she did kind of learn that in episode eight a little bit. But I think she'll also need to learn that, you know, she might go through uh, a phase where she's like, oh, I can't trust anyone. But I think eventually she will learn that, you know, it's okay to trust people and it's okay to like let people in and, and she'll come back around. I think that, that might be quite a nice mini arc to well, take her in episode nine. We, we did see in the Poe Dameron comic, the little, um, uh, like the little tidbit that we got, yes. um, that she thinks that kylo is kind of right with the whole let the past die mm. thing yeah see that's um, the thing she agrees with him i know that's the thing i feel like i feel like this um whole middle movie the last jedi was basically like this huge learning experience for everybody oh, yeah. everybody sort of grew up you mm-hmm. know like i mean i think i think ben has the kind of message right i just don't think he has the way of going about it right um yeah he, but but at the end there, you know? I mean, he was... The dude was, like, on his knees, you know? Right. Like, and maybe he gets it. I Maybe, I think um, it. but I we know, know that, that Ryan has basically said that, you know, Ben thinks that literally killing the past is the way to go, and if you do that, you don't learn from your mistakes. Yeah, but that was, like, the whole movie. That was about, you know, the, I don't know. Right, and... and but so I can see what you're saying. I def- no, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. You're saying that, that when he's kind of on his knees at the end, there's this kind of look of regret, like he might actually have realized, come to some sort of realization about the his, yeah. the error, error of his ways. And I did actually see a, um interview with Ryan Johnson, again, actually, I think he was on a panel, and someone asked mm-hmm. him about, you know, what was going through Ben's head in, in the last few 
seconds or minutes of the last jedi when he's when he's on his knees and he's looking up at ray and he actually he said that he didn't want to go into it because he wanted people to think about that but he, he actually compared it to the moment where the darth vader helmet goes onto anakin skywalker's head and there's this look in his eyes and it, you know you don't know if it's regret or guilt or panic or anything like that and it's up for the audience to kind of interpretate but he mm. that's 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 basically what he said about that so cool. yeah Um, what do you think Finn's role is going to be for the Resistance in Episode Nine? I think he might be like a prominent figure in the Resistance. Maybe right. like uh, Ray might might be, and we've seen things of him like a a theory that's been like suggested in like the novelization. I think of him like rescuing First Order stormtroopers, or yeah. the children are yeah. like freeing them and starting a revi- uh, revolt. I think mm. if he if that does go down there, he'll be more doing that and facing his own past in nine than leading the resistance probably or doing anything like that i'm personally really i've been a a really big fan of that idea i think that gives gives finn a whole arc and um i really do want to want to see him try and try and accomplish that because it's been alluded to a lot actually especially in the i believe it was alluded to a lot in the novel if i'm if i'm not mistaken there uh yeah i think so uh cool and and definitely, what in the, in the deleted scene of Finn versus Phasma, you can see the, the other stormtroopers when you know have this moment where they can actually like think for themselves, and I love that. So I think they are kind of setting up this. I think Phasma actually called Finn like a glitch in the system or something, and and if you kind of like transfer that to Episode Nine, where he actually might be the glitch that changes the First Order stormtroopers to revolt. Um, you know, possibly even the the spark that that burns the first order down. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that that has some allusions to um... such poetry. Yes, for the deleted scene uh, you might brought up, they might have like canned that because that's where I nine is going. Maybe. Um, although we did actually talk about the deleted scene in the first one, and I think we kind of we came to the conclusion that it was a bit clunky and yeah, that... awkward. I think they're probably going to give him his own little arc again, and. Um... In nine, I'm hoping that it's kind of gonna end up being like a montage, kind of like a reverse order 66, where he's like talking to all these people and like he gets the whole group together and they revolt. And then at the end of the movie, it all kind of comes together with like bringing the first mm. order down. And it's gonna be if, if they do do that, I can see it very clearly and, it, it, and it'll work so well. I also wonder, I'm gonna get into a bit more when we talk about Ben's uh, role. I would kind of like it if, depending on where they do take Ben's story in episode 9, because even if they do choose the happy ending for him and, and the redeemed ending, there's still many ways they could go about that, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a bit. But I think that Finn and Ben share a lot of similarities in their, in their kind of upbringing and the way they were conditioned into this order. There's a lot of differences, but there's a lot of similarities as well. And it would be... I, I would really like to see them possibly actually work together to do this because they're both in the same boat. They were both manipulated or brainwashed as from a young age. And if they had the chance to maybe work together and actually kind of build a bond, because I feel like that was a that was a relationship that was actually neglected in The Last Jedi and there wasn't a lot of time for it. 
but I really liked the dynamic Finn and Ben had in The Force Awakens, and I was really excited to see that move over into The Last Jedi, and we never got that. So if we get it for nine, I'd, I'd personally love that, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I agree. So what about Poe? Where, where do we think oh. his role is going to go? I mean, again, Poe, you know, really got, I don't know, this huge wake-up call in this movie as well. So I'm not sure. You know, Liz, you brought up that comic, the um, the one where they're, the three of them, or the four of them, are actually sitting in the Falcon. Um, he still seems like a bit of a hothead to me. So yeah. I don't know. I honestly, I'm kind of worried about Poe. You know, because yeah. I think he's maybe gonna be, you know, stay too aggressive. But I don't know. It's it's just a personal thing. Right, right, and and that's why I really am interested to see how Poe yeah. and Ray will actually. Um, it would be flush. really great to get some solid uh humility from poe yeah you know? yeah but that's what i really want to see but <laughs> i don't know if that's gonna happen i think once leia is gone he's gonna realize he needs to step yeah, up right like he, he i think that's gonna be his big wake-up call when he realizes that he has no one to keep him in check you know no one's there to oh stop him that's a good point like... it'd just be so satisfying you know just to you know have him just i don't know like i don't see him broken you know but, right right like <laughs> he does need to wake up still and like even in the comic you can still see yes him, like, so i'm the best pilot in the galaxy like, you know yeah. <laughs> dude i know i know he's like <laughs> that was funny he's very he's very arrogant poe you know i mean I, I do i am a massive fan of his character but he's a very arrogant guy and, yes. Uh, you know, I think you're right, Joanna. I think some humility <laughs> might might go a long way for Poe, um, and I feel like that will be his his arc. Hopefully, that he does learn early on into Episode Nine. I think if Leia it dies early on in Nine, when, what they do, Poe will step up, take the leadership role. Sure, he might mature a bit in between the movies, or we could see that happen. Because that's definitely the track that The Last Jedi set him on with uh, his whole arc. Definitely. I would like to see Poe take a more uh, a more leadership role. I don't think Carrie is going to be in Episode Nine, honestly. Uh, and if it is... Well, I mean, well, we know Carrie's not going to be in Episode Nine, but I don't think Leia's going to be in Episode Nine, um, at least to not a massive degree. If they do it, it'll be in a very sparing and tasteful way. Um, I don't know how they go about doing that, but we, we did actually talk about that last, last episode. Um, but... As for Poe, yeah, I think he is going to have to step up and take this leadership role. And I don't know how that's going to affect his relationships with both Finn and uh, Rey. Finn especially, actually, because um, I feel like Finn is kind of caught up in the middle of this conflict. And yes, he has picked a side, but, you know, it's what are, how, are his, how are his ideologies going to change from Poe? Because they had a very strong bond in The Force Awakens and... It'd be interesting to see how, how that will 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 change in in episode nine, if at all. What about Hux? Hux is still a general of the first order, right? He's, he's not been demoted, um, but I don't know how his role is or rank is going to change now that Ben is supreme leader. So, um, Joanna, what do you think about Hux? My poor Hux. <laughs> poor no. Hux. I don't have a good feeling about Hux at all. He's just sort of driven so much by hatred, and he's like the worst kind of uh, villain, too, because he's too emotional mm. for me. So he doesn't think clearly in my mind, and 
he's envious of Kylo, and I, I feel bad for him. So yeah, and and if you can't help it. if you actually look into his backstory, the, the films don't really go into it, which is what makes me kind of believe that we're not going to get any sort of redemption for Hooks. Um, even though I wouldn't be, no. I, w- I honestly wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, even though he's committed some horrendous acts. Um, no, but I think even in the visual or in some sort of well, the visual dictionary or the encyclopedia, um, it lists Hux and Phasma as the leaders of hate. Right. You know? right. So if you label something like that already, you know, then yeah, um, it's not going to be good. Well, I was going to say that in the expanded material, you know, Hux kind of has just as much of a tragic backstory as, as Ben does. Well, I mean, of course I hope that he'll come around, but, you know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like the films haven't really set, like, unlike Ben, they haven't really set him up to have this yeah. kind of... No, definitely not. Um, it's, it's kind yeah. of been the opposite, really. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. But I, I, I saw an interview, and this was, like, just after The Force Awakens, and I can't I, I can't for the life of me remember where it was, but Donald Gleeson was basically talking about Hux, and he, he said that, you know, not to write off Hux, and that, you know, Hux still had a role to play, and... I found that incredibly interesting, and that is what changed my... Because I remember when Episode Eight was coming out, a lot of people were like, oh, Hooks is, Hooks is a goner, like, he's going to be killed off at the start of the movie, you know, it's, it's, he's, it's, his time's over, he's served his purpose for the story. But I'd seen this interview, and I was like, there's no way Donald Gleeson would say that. Yeah, if Hooks... I hope so. I hope you're right. Yeah. that would be so nice, right. you know? And, and I was a massive fan of the dynamic between yeah. Hooks and Ben, in, especially in The Force Awakens, I, I loved that. Right, they have so much of a personal thing going on that right. I don't think we know everything about, for sure. Right, and and you know now that Snoke is kind of removed from that equation, how will it affect that? Will it? Will it? I mean, I can't really see it changing it for the better, but you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. But they they do kind of have a twisted brotherly relationship, in a in a in a sense, I think. So it will be it will be really interesting to see how how they um, interact in in episode nine. Um, Liz, do you think Hooks is going to try and make a play for power in Episode 9? I do think he's going to try that, because uh, he's just a slimy little man. <laughs> but uh, I don't think he's going to be very successful, and that Kylo's going to put him back in his place. Right. Uh, there's not much to say about Hooks. He's just he's just out there for power, and I, I think he's going to learn real quick that he can't. He's not, he's not going to get it. You know, after all this time of him kind of rising up, I, I really don't think he's going to get it. And if he does, they better make him pretty damn scary, like, scarier than Kylo. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think the closest we got was the whole, like, Starkiller base speech. That was, like, the mm. scariest we I think I very much disagree, or I'm very much on the opposite opinion of, of, of what you're saying, because I actually think Hux will do a play for power, and I think it will be... I actually have a feeling that it will be successful because he's very he's very clever. I think he's very crafty and he he's what would be the word for it like impulsive I guess almost. Um probably not as much as as Ben and I feel like he might use that to his advantage. Um and I and I think one thing that he does have going for him is he does plan ahead whereas Ben that is Ben's massive downfall with the fact that he just has no forward planning skills whatsoever and it's all in the moment. And that can be a strength as well, but I feel like he he will use that as as a way to maybe try and dethrone Ben. 
and Ben will be basically forced out of the, fir- the First Order and forced to reevaluate his life. Basically, I don't know, but... um, I do think Hux will probably try to overthrow Ben. Might be successful, might not. I'm not sure what I think about that yet. In the novelization, he was, like, whispering to himself, Supreme Leader Hux in the elevator going up to Snoke. So we know he definitely aspires and wants to be Supreme Leader. Uh, if he does, it's not going to end well for him. But I don't. Th- I do think that Ben has shown in the last Jedi that he isn't that good of a military leader. And every time he ordered something, everybody waited for Hux to say it to do it. So that's true. Yeah. We, he Hux really the he kind of has more power over the troops because Kylo was always just like this. I think he was just like this guy like Snoke sent out. He wasn't really a part of the military, right? I do think. Ben will probably lose power. Yeah, I mean, potentially, because, you know, uh, ben, Ben's kind of one of those leaders that has to kind of, like, shout and intimidate people to kind of get what he wants. You know, he, you know, they only really start listening to him when he when he force slams hooks against against the wall of the shuttle. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I feel like this scene with hooks, I, I believe it was actually Donald Gleason's um, idea, actually, to have hooks uh, go for his pistol. Uh, when Kylo's laying unconscious on the floor, um, that's pretty important, if you ask me, uh, as to where their where their relationship will go in Episode Nine, because you know it shows that Hux isn't afraid to play dirty. I mean, we already know that he uh, conspired with Phasma to kill his own to kill his own father, so that's a uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty bad. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's pretty important. So lastly, and I think this is the this is the one that's the most up for debate. I feel like is uh, Ben Solo. What kind of supreme leader will Ben Solo be? Um, I think he's going to make very poor decisions. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to go after the resistance quite as fast as we think he's going to. Uh, just because they kind of need to regroup, and he needs to think about what his next move is, and it, I think it really all depends if his fourth connection with Ray is still a thing. Mm. Because then he might... If they want to make him seem like he's still a villain, then he might try to get her to reveal where they are at or where they're going. Right. Uh, I, I just have a feeling if, if they do, they're going to use the fourth connection to try and you know, get, get him to, like, find her again or find the resistance. Uh, but I'm not sure it, when he does find them what they're going to do, what he's going to do. Um, I, there's not many of them, so I, I'm not too sure if he's even going to think of them as a, as a threat. I know he's definitely going to want to get Ray, but he, I, if he assumes that his mother is dead, I don't think he's going to think her a Right, threat. right. And, uh, but, it, but don't forget, he is a guy that takes things very personally. Um, and he might be consumed by that to, to try and like go after them, and, and maybe it's you know maybe Hooks is saying no, it's they're not worth it. I mean, it really depends how big of a time skip there, there is going to be, and how and what the yeah. the rebellion slash resistance is going to look like in Episode Nine. Um, but I do, to Ben's credit, I I and this is why I think it's super. It was super good move to make him the the leader of the the First Order in Episode Nine because we. Th- We've never had a leader like that before. He's very all all leaders of of you know it's well we've we've had Palpatine and Snoke basically, but they've all been very cold, very methodical. Um, they're very good planners. They think ahead, and they're all you know pretty evil to the core. 
Um, but with Ben, he's kind of he, he is he's his strengths are, are their weaknesses and, and vice versa. He's he's not a forward planner, um, and he's got a lot of heart to him, and that can be used for good and bad. But I feel like he's he, he acts on emotion, right? And it will be really interesting to see a leader who actually has a heart, um, be it for for better or for worse. Um, but I actually do believe that the like him not being a forward planner actually allowed him to defeat Snoke because if he had been dwelling on that and you know like how do I how do I kill Snoke how do I do this you know this is this is my plan I think Snoke would have would have would have sensed that immediately so the very fact that 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 Ben actually used his his strength of not being a organized guy at all really helped him out to defeat Snoke I, I love how he used that to his advantage that was that was Right, exactly, yeah. I mean, he, he knew what he was going to do. He'd, he'd made up his mind, but he hadn't actually thought about how he was going to do it. And I think that kind of saved both his and Ray's lives in The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. Um, Todd, what do you think of about Ben? Uh, I'm not sure what type of leader he'll be or how effective he'll be because... Like, uh, we went into, like, last with Hux. Uh, the army seemed really unsure of him, what to think of him. Like, right now they're just going along with him because they're afraid. I don't know if he'll be able yeah. to, like, keep control of the First Order for a, a long time. Which is why I'm not sure of the time jump for Nine. Like, it all really depends on the time jump, how things are going to go. Like, he could get a better hold on it in... If it's, like, a year or something like that, but guess we'll just have to see yeah yeah i think that would i mean you know i mean he's he's related to both han solo and anakin skywalker who are very charismatic individuals um it would be interesting if he does use some of that charisma because i do think he i do think he had it's it's not the same kind of charisma or charm but i think he does have it Mm -hmm. and it would be interesting to see him use that as leadership and maybe, maybe actually... at the very at the end, you know, like as a yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, what what do you think, Joanna? Do you think that? Well, I don't know why I think this, but I don't think he's interested at this point in being a leader of of an army. I think right. I I think he's just wanting to connect with Ray again, and I don't know. I guess I think that's that consumes him is just that. So I see him sort of retreating to, like, the shadows. Mm. uh, I guess maybe trying to communicate with her um, in a more clandestine fashion, you know? Uh, Maybe he'll disappear for a while at the beginning and then come back. And then, like you said, bring on some charisma or whatever. But I just don't see him being this whole strategic military person. I don't know. Right, and but I think that, it would be just... yeah. I think it'd be kind of um, ironic if the fact that he's not really. I feel like he felt like he wanted to be leader of the first order. Right. As soon he as thought he, that's what he wanted. Yeah, and, and right? as soon as he got mm-hmm. that, he realizes, oh no, wait, I I, I actually just want you know nope. a family. I just want you know <laughs> exactly. uh, you know, and, and in this case, it's it's Ray because he you know he he wants Ray. Uh, yeah, forget it. And then once you see you know what you want there's nothing can take your yeah, mind and, and i feel like there would, be, there would be a sense of irony if because he's kind of like 
if he becomes a recluse and is trying to get in contact with Ray or trying to find, you know, her or or whatever, um, and that actually allows the because if the first order had actually like chosen to attack the resistance right off the bat, they probably would have would have defeated him, you know, there and then. Maybe. But yeah. if if Ben's kind of reluctance to go after them, or you know, his if if his um, priorities are not actually taking them down, but trying to get in contact with Ray, and that is what actually allows the resistance to actually like gather its forces and gives them time to actually do that. I feel like that would be that would be kind of pretty pretty clever way of of, of explaining that. Um, it's just it's just so funny because he was after so much power. I, well, I don't know, with the First Order, with everything, and I feel like he's at this point just ready to let it all go. Yeah, like, I mean, say, I Screw it, I kind of know? feel like he was never really after power. No. I I always feel like I feel like whatever he was, whatever game he was playing with Snoke was always more about acceptance and, and validation because he's he's yeah. been searching for that for 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 pretty much ever, like since his existence. So. True. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like because, you know, kind of brainwashing and manipulation and, you know, when he finally does get this chance to, to go off of Rey, um, he chooses a throne because that's what he thinks he wants. But I think also, and, and I don't think this gets talked about enough, to be honest with you, but I, I really do feel like he didn't go with Rey, uh, at least one of the major reasons, was because he's too, he's literally, because he can't face the past, he's, his, his whole motto is let the past die, right? And he can't mm. face it, and therefore he's he's too afraid to to go back with Ray because he's going to have to like confront parts of himself that he doesn't necessarily want to. And if he can live in the shield of Kylo Ren, it means that he can kind of hide from this guilt and pain and pretend he doesn't feel any of that. Um, because if he has to face his mother or Poe or Finn, it's it's all crimes and things that he's committed and they're all going to come rushing back to him and I, and I just don't think he's ready to experience that right now so um yeah so you don't think that he's been experiencing this this whole time like he's been taking on all this pain and suffering for god knows how long you know like all this guilt oh i think he i think he i defi- feel like he's in hell right now he, definitely, he has been you know he definitely is but i think he's pretending to himself that that Kylo Ren, this kind of shield that he's created, is shielding him from that. So yeah, no, I think he made this 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 shield that that is Kylo Ren to kind of shield him from pain and guilt and and I don't think it's actually working, but I think he he wants to believe so much that it is that he's he's tr- he wants Kylo Ren and Ben Solo both want to believe that they're completely different people when actually it's it's the complete opposite but they they want to believe so hard that you know the 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 Kylo wants to believe that the Ben Solo's dead and been destroyed and Ben wants to believe that Kylo Ren is shielding him from all this uh all this pain so yeah i think i think that that's going to be interesting moving forward uh, I really want to see him have, like, a moment where he's thinking about everything. Like, maybe, like, a little uh, Vader meditation moment. Mm. Um, you know, just, like, sitting down, kind of, like, maybe trying to contact Ray, but, like, not really. He's just, like, opening his mind up to everything that's been going on, trying to focus himself. 
maybe like use some of that hurt to make them stronger you know something like yeah, that yeah yeah i i mean I, i'm still undecided whether i whether or not i want the ray and kylo force bond to still be um if if i want them to have been having interactions in episode in, in between episode eight and nine um because on one hand i think it would be quite an interesting kind of twist to play because you know we're led to believe that you know that was their relationship done but if they are shown to kind of still be giving each other advice and kind of helping each other and you know they're more friends than enemies i feel like that, that would be kind of cool but at the same time i feel like you'd lose a lot of the drama for when they eventually do reunite yeah. so i don't know i think i would probably take the drama over the over the twist yeah i think that they are gonna save that for mm. nine like hopefully their first meeting is very very dramatic i am hoping i i can i can picture it very clearly like they're gonna be screaming crying throwing things right they're gonna be super conflicted because i think they're both yeah you know i I think i think well well ray did make the decision not to kill kylo in his sleep in episode eight um oh that's a good point mm. yeah so i don't know but that doesn't mean that she wouldn't necessarily I'm not saying, I, I definitely don't think she wants to, but it, I'm not saying, you know, if they did begin to duel again, you know, it's not saying she wouldn't try a few <laughs> a few killing, killing blows, maybe to, you know, because she might not have a choice, but I, I feel like it's going to be full of conflict, full of emotion, full of sadness, and maybe even a bit of, like, happiness, because, you know, they haven't seen each other in so long, and they definitely did establish a strong bond between them. So I think it's going to be a very tempestuous what is it a re- reunion <laughs> it's really it's really what everybody wants to see you know? <laughs> definitely yeah i mean that's that's you know that that the way they left things off was so yeah. powerful to me and it's like for him it's he he didn't she didn't kill him so i know in the book he was like oh she's a fool for not right. killing me but like you know she had the chance but then at the same time he's kind of like oh it's because she she right. likes me or like has feelings for me or cares for me so it, i think that is gonna play a big part in when they do finally meet again because he's gonna he's gonna want to like not hurt her but like you left me like if that's like his whole thing like his whole like his issues is people leaving him people betraying him and it's like she she left him, but she didn't try to right. kill him. So yeah, I mean, it's like which what 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 thing will he choose to dwell on? Is is it going to be the fact that she left him and abandoned him, or is it going to be the fact that she still believes that he has some sort of self worth and she still thinks that he can be a better person? Or you know, I don't know. Yeah. So that's going to be super interesting moving yeah. forward. Uh, definitely. Okay. So Joanna, you wanted to talk a little bit about family in Star Wars. Do you want to, um, do you want to in- intro that sec- section? Oh yeah, I was just, um, I keep going back to uh, Carrie Fisher's words in, in that behind the scenes reel, you know, the last one, where she says it's about family, hmm. you know, in Star Wars. And uh, um, I guess, you know, we have here like, I don't like to call them orphans, but they're people that are, you know, basically without parents, without connections and they're searching for things you know ray finn poe even ben you know Mm. so um i think about uh friendship which is kind of like what they say is the 
the highest form of love, you know, because it's free and not forced. Yeah, it's family that you choose. And it's, uh, yeah, it's you, you choose. You choose your friends, basically. Mm. So I guess going along with that, with that idea, I think of like the real definition of a community, you know, something that, uh, that we all are kind of a part of and uh, it's, it's a nourishing thing. It's not a, a destructive thing. Well, yeah, no, and, and I think that um, that's what the, the, the sequel trilogy is kind of bringing in this this new idea as to what family actually is, and I, I feel like it's quite a modern take on it, and it, it really does work for its for its time, um, you know. And, and you're right; these, uh, you know, Finn, uh, Finn, Ray, Poe, and Ben, and and Hooks, you know, are all, are all and Phasma, really, I suppose, although it hasn't really gone into it much, but they are all, you know orphans or at least feel abandoned by their family or you know by force or by choice um, I mean, if the family dynamic has been changing you know for decades so i don't know maybe it, this is all about sort of finding you know what family means to you personally and uh right and, and as far as we've been led to believe ray doesn't have a, a familial tie to anybody in the saga you know exists saga right now so she's kind of got the her her kind of story is is choosing her own destiny and 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 finding that and i feel like that's that's super important to her to her story um and one you know one thing i really would like to see is each character kind of at least the ones that survive and um you know potentially turn good I'd like to see them kind of doing something after the saga to make sure that nothing like what happened to them ever happens to any other any other child. Um, I feel like that'd be a, a really nice way to kind of like wrap up their arcs. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's George Lucas's story, you know. So, mm. what was it that he was trying to to portray in Star Wars, you know, and Carrie Fisher says it, and I don't know. I think I'd like to think they're sticking to George's ideas, and and he wanted uh, inspiration for young kids, maybe twelve-year-olds or adolescent kids, to to have a sense of purpose in their life. You know, to feel like they are connected to the world in some way, and that they're important. Mm, you know, so. The only the only way you can really do that is is if you have a community or or friends because you can kind of see your real self you know in them. Sure, sure. They're like mirrors, you know, Definitely. for the reality around you or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, Liz, what do you think? What do you think family means in Star Wars? Um, I think I agree with with what you guys said like it's especially in in the sense of ray it's like choosing your own destiny finding where you're a part of and where you can be yourself um i i don't know what else to say i it you guys pretty <laughs> much said it all it's really about finding like the community of people that you feel comfortable with right exactly yeah it's it's it is um you know as much as as family by blood is a very important thing in Star Wars. I, I feel like the, the new trilogy is kind of going into the fact that it, it's not everything and sometimes your family lets you down. Um, oh yeah, definitely. sometimes, you know, 
it's you can um you you can choose a new family and they'll support you you know no matter what so todd what do you think what do you think about the whole family aspect of the sequel trilogy and star wars uh family's definitely been a definitely been a theme that's been in star wars uh the trilogy so far uh don't think I have anything else to add on to what you guys have already said. <laughs> uh, I covered it pretty well. Uh, but yeah, I think we might see that pop up in 9 with maybe Ray having a family of her own. Or just the friends right. like uh, as her family. To, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, and I think that, um, you know, as, uh, personally I, I would like to see uh, Ray and Ben end up together in the at the end of the the saga yes. and you know if if they they're two very lonely people and i think it would be very nice if they actually um come together and, and actually start a new family and i think that'd be nice no i was thinking that um maybe you know maybe ray was so lonely and restless on jakku because she was just sort of fighting and surviving for herself, you know? Um, so she was always waiting for a family, but she wasn't really helping anyone else. Right. And you know? Yeah. That, that's, so like, yeah. So like, I don't know. Uh, once she started helping, you know, BB-8 and Finn and everyone else, she kind of created her family or found it by doing that, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, so, and that was the thing that she was worried about was, was losing her family by, by joining, um, by joining up with or maybe Finn. taking a side, yeah, but it, it's the opposite. Yeah, you know, exactly. when, when you choose to care for someone, you're basically, I mean, yeah, when you basically give your uh, risk your life for someone, you know, you're you're making them, you know, your family. So it's about trust. She spent so long waiting for a family that she actually denied that for herself for so long, um, and now she's actually kind of finding that, um, which is great. You know, I, I love that. So. Yeah, plus also if you if you just keep yourself isolated and, and without any relationships or anything, you just, you don't ever grow. I mean, you don't ever see really who you are, right. you know, because yeah, you don't have that sounding board, you know, in front of you or or anything, you know, and I think I really that's that. yeah. this feeling of um, of being disconnected from everyone is really what fuels the dark side because it, it causes fear fear of the unknown yeah. you know and that's what causes all wars in my opinion I no I, I i think that's a really good uh, good observation there joanna yeah so we're on to the last segment of the podcast the community segment um this is the segment where it's your chance to kind of get in touch with us and also a chance for us to spotlight certain parts of the community we think are worthy of it so uh, the first thing we'd like to address is the chance to ask us questions about Star Wars. If you want to do that, you can go to our Castle Fun, which is our subreddit, or you can go to at Castle Fun, which is our Twitter, and you can post a Star Wars-related question there for us to answer in this segment. We have one question to answer today, and it's a bit of a strange one, so I'll let you guys figure out how to answer it and how <laughs> seriously to take it. But it was from a user called Newt, who goes by <laughs> on the Discord. But he asks, or she, how much water 
do you think is going to be in episode 9? Joanna, <laughs> how much water do you think is going to be in episode 9? Um, zero. Zero. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. I thought, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's, we're going back to the desert. <laughs> we're going back to Jakku. <laughs> we're going back to Jakku. <laughs> no, maybe we'll see, um, I, I don't know, maybe, I was thinking fire, but that wouldn't make any sense. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Todd, how much water do you think is going to be in episode nine? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think there's any water worlds they could go to. Like, what about Act Acto? Oh, oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, wait, the Phantom Menace. Didn't they have an underwater uh, yes, uh, city? We, we might have one of those for poetry. Yeah. Reason. Back to, cool. Back to Naboo. Back to Naboo. Yes. Oh my Naboo. gosh. Oh, I would <laughs> love that. If awesome. I could put one thing in, yes. mind, it would definitely be to go back to Naboo or Coruscant because that's where it all began. <sighs> Naboo. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. Pottery. 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 Poetry. <laughs> Poetry. <laughs> Liz. <laughs> uh, aside from Naboo having s some waters, motions, uh, I, I don't think. There should be too much of a focus on that, unless we have some symbolism in rain or something like that, or a motif of water for the film for some reason, if JJ feels like water. Yeah, yeah. water is um, transformation, or I don't know. Rebirth. Yeah, Yeah, rebirth, and it's... Mm -hmm. We've had salt and sulfur. <laughs> Liz, how much water do you think is going to be in episode 9? Enough to fill a bucket with my tears. <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not too sure hopefully if they go back to naboo i mean yeah. there you go that that much water mm. <laughs> i'm thinking uh i'm th i'm thinking act two though you know because that's that's been a planet that's been in the two films already uh maybe they'll make it a, a three uh, maybe i would be, i think it would be really interesting if, if ben actually goes there searching yeah. for for answers about luke or you know, even even more mm -hmm. prime Jedi related stuff. Uh, Do you think he would go to the temple, like the that would like be cool. Jedi temple? That would be cool. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe... Only if the story calls for it. But I feel like if if it could. Oh my I, god! I what if he goes into the dark side Ooh. cave? You know. Ooh. Oh my gosh! What will he and see? And look into the mirror. Ah! <laughs> 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 that would be so weird. Well, yeah, it'd be really interesting. Cool. Maybe. Maybe now this is this is this is this is baseless speculation for you. So you know how when Ray went to touch the mirror and we saw a silhouette that looked very similar to Kylo Ren. What if Ben Solo goes to Act Two and is on the Whoa. other side of the mirror, and when no. he touches it, the, the oh image clears gosh. and it's Ray. Ah. <laughs> <Stop. laughs> oh my god! I don't know, man. <laughs> If you look at the the concept art book, they have a very beautiful picture of uh, Ray when she looks in the mirror. It was gonna be half Ray's face, half Kylo's face. Hmm. Interesting. So I mean, and I'm pretty sure what we saw in the movie was him. Like the hair was the correct way. Mm. Oh my gosh! When it got just when she right before she touched it. It I've seen that scene so many times. I went 100. percent Yeah, it's like for like a split second. Right? Yeah. Yes. I that would be. Um. I think that would be really, really cool if they did. If they did something like that, where 
their kind of visions are kind of intertwined and maybe Ben will actually see more and be able to make sense of it. Um, I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we're also, we've mentioned it on the previous two podcasts. Uh, we're hosting a speculator of the month award, which will be announced actually the next podcast. The speculator of the month award winner will receive one month of Reddit gold and also their own custom flair to wear around on the Star Wars speculation sub with pride. And um, we'll be announcing that next week, so you'll all have that to look forward to. Um, and hopefully, we'll try and get them on for a interview. Um, but we'll see Ooh. if they're open to doing that. Ooh. So exciting! Yeah, definitely. So, Liz, do you want to talk about the speculation of the week we've picked from the subreddit? So, our speculate speculation of the week is by a user that goes by RLA7 and it is called The Knights of Ren Will Be a Vader Cult Nothing to Do with Snoke. So, basically they think the Knights of Ren are the acolytes of the Beyond from the Aftermath trilogy. Uh, They are non-force sensitive users and they are Vader fanatics and I think uh, this person might be onto something because we did not see them in E and there hasn't been any mention of them besides Snow mm. calling Kylo leader of the Knights of Ren. So if they are what if they are Acolytes of Beyond, I can see them following Kylo because right. he is a, a descendant of Darth Vader. And then that kind of kills my theory a little bit of how the Knights of Ren would uh, be the new villains of Nine. Um, we can definitely go into that more next podcast. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, for sure. I, I think if, if they are the Acolytes of the Beyond and we didn't, because we didn't see them in Eight, they're probably out looking for more Sith artifacts because mm. that's what they were doing in mm. uh, the Aftermath trilogy. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that it's definitely a valid theory. Um, personally, <laughs> Only probably because of headcanon, um, I don't want it to be true because I really do like the idea. I've really come around to the idea that uh, the Knights of Ren are Ben's fellow students. Uh, and I didn't actually, I wasn't actually on board with that until I saw The Last Jedi um, because I didn't think they were. Um, but then when Luke actually said that, you know, Ben took a handful of students, I was like, well, where would they be? And are they different to the Knights of Ren? Uh, we don't know yet. I mean, they could be. Um, but I definitely do like the uh, the one thing I definitely do like the, the idea of is um, there are all these different Sith cults and dark side cults that are running about. You know, there is the Knights of Ren if if they are a dark side cult, and you know the Acolytes of the Beyond. You know, assuming they are two different groups. Um, but no, I definitely think he's this, this guy is definitely or girl is definitely putting a lot of thought into this theory, um, and I really do like. You know, I do like the idea that that they could be the acolytes of the Beyond, because you know, like you said, they do. It would make sense that that because Adam Driver did state that the Knights of Ren were like a, an order that existed before. Um, oh yeah. Him, right? And that kind that does sound like it kind of would contradict the idea that they were um, Luke students. But I do have a theory on that, which I will go into next week, because we are going to talk about the Knights of Ren. Um, but it would certainly tie in, if they were the Acolytes of the Beyond, it would certainly would tie in with um, them being 
uh, an order that did, that did exist before Ben, right? Um, and it would ma- and and if they were, why would Ben Solo automatically be you know made their leader um, if not for the fact that you know they worship him in some way? Um, so yeah, and also the Knights of Ren, at least they they don't seem to carry lightsabers. So and we know that at least at the very least Ben did in Luke's uh, temple, which doesn't mean all the other Jedi did too, but we don't know. But it would kind of imply that they might not be Force users or lightsaber wielders, which would, which I don't think the Acolytes of the Beyond were, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they were actually... No, it doesn't say that they mm. are. So, I, I'm not familiar with the Acolytes of Beyond. Were they sort of like, a, just like renegades or... Yeah, I think they were... Like a vigilante group? The Acolytes of the Beyond consisted of non-Force-sensitive individuals who called themselves Shadows. The Shadows regarded themselves and all other living things as slaves of the Force, which they perceived as a river of power. They believed that only Force users who wielded the dark side of the Force were capable of changing those currents. they regarded the Sith as river breakers who did not succumb to fate. And Alkalites worshipped the fallen Sith. Uh, and some of them claimed to even uh, receive dreams from the Sith Siths themselves. Um, they, Wait, they received dreams? From yeah, the that's Sith? what they said. Uh, that's what it says on here. Or was it um, like a, like those hollow... Maybe like no, maybe like visions of wow. That is so interesting. Though they are not mysterious. Yeah, Um, and then they also bought uh, apparently quote unquote Darth Vader's lightsaber, and they were gonna uh, try to give it back to him in the afterlife. So basically, they're a bunch of whack jobs. (laughs) Yes, they are, and they're a bunch of young kids too. So it's it's even more kind of creepy. So they do kind of tie into what Kylo Ren's ideology of Darth Vader is. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Think of like a bunch of little mini Kylo Ren's walking around, but just no force powers. Basically, yeah. Pretty much. So I, I definitely think there is um, evidence to suggest that they actually are the Acolytes of Beyond. I just don't know where this leads, where this kind of like... Leading to at the end. Well, it's if if Luke's students take off with Ben, like what's their role? Like why do we need the Knights of Ren and... Luke's Ben's other students. Student. Yeah. It just seems kind of weird to me. But I mean, I suppose it could work. But personally, I think it would. It, I would quite like the Knights of Ren to be Ben's fellow students. Um, but I definitely do see there's a lot of really good observations with this with this theory. So you know, shout out to RLA7 for creating such a intriguing theory. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the theory page right now, it's. That like the acolytes were under the same influence as the oh, Knights of so Ren, right? Like he's not so they're not actually saying that the Knights of Ren are the acolytes of the Beyond. I I think they're saying they're like similarly affected by like Snoke, not Snoke, but like hmm. the dark side presence or whatever. Okay, so like, influencing yeah, this and is, whispering in their ears and everything. This is very interesting. I like that because um, I seem to remember someone saying that I don't know the Last Jedi was uh, like uh, a story about adolescence or was that The Force Awakens? I think they both are to a point they both are no so um it would make sense if like i don't know maybe they were luke's students i don't know but they were adolescents 
I think. Yeah, I'd Pretty imagine young, so. You know? I'd imagine so. And just maybe angry. Well, I per- or... like here's my my theory on because a lot of people mm. are like, oh well, Ben must have already been turned to the dark side because and I, and I'll go into this more next episode, but. People like to say that Ben had already turned to the dark side because, you know, he, he went and then slaughtered a bunch of Luke's students. But I think that what you've got to remember is he's come out of that all kind of like frightened and scared and <laughs> distraught. But his uncle's just tried to murder yeah. him in his sleep from his point of view. And I'd imagine that there might have been some students there that were kind of jealous of Ben or afraid of him. Um, to some degree. Oh. And if we... If, yeah. And... I also I think that, that, you know, there would have been some that actually admired Ben and, and looked up to him and, and were loyal to him. And it could have hmm. been a, a case where Ben was like, look, you're not going to believe this, but Luke's just tried to murder me in my sleep. You know, what do we do? And then other, the other students are mm-hmm. like, well, no, I don't think Luke would do that. Why would Luke try and murder you in your sleep? And then, you know, that can lead to violence. You know, it's like people not believing accusations or, or people accusing certain people of doing certain things, I think that can tend to get people riled up, and then you know, add the force to that mix, it's probably not going to end too pretty, and I think that it wasn't so much a slaughter, but actually a fight between Ben's uh, the students that joined with Ben and the students that were against Ben and I'll talk about that more next episode, but I think that Very yeah. interesting So, yes. I don't think it was it was so much a slaughter and I don't think that's any sort of evidence to suggest that Ben had already turned. Because I, I think that's kind of what the last, in my opinion, that's what the Last Jedi kind of states that wasn't the case. Uh, that 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 Luke had assumed that Ben had turned to the dark side when really that wasn't. You know, he'd he'd made that decision for Ben, and Ben still hadn't made up his mind yet. So right, right. Um, but does anyone have any any more to say on this on this guy's theory? Oh, it's very very good. Yeah, really well thought out. Yeah, it was really good. So. Well done, RLA7. Uh, we'll give you a shout-out and uh, look forward to seeing more more posts from you. So, that wraps that up. Todd, do you want to give the audience our coordinates? If you'd like to find us in a galaxy far, far away, aka the internet, you can find us on Reddit's R Kesselfun, Twitter, at Kesselfun, YouTube, Kesselfun Podcast, our SoundCloud, Kesselfun Podcast, and our new PocketCast under the same name, and iTunes. See you around, kid.